0: what's up everybody that's walker that's mo i'm jeff and we're here to talk about a a fantastic week seven in college football we talk about the biggest winners the biggest losers and uh what we learn here we go Thanks again for joining us, everybody. It's Jeff Needs Sports. You can find it anywhere you uh, get your podcasts. And you can uh, check me out on Twitter. Check me out on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, gentlemen, how are you this evening?
1: I'm good. You know, just uh, trying to get to next Saturday. So we just finished <laughs> the last one. And let's, uh, let's, let's get to
2: the next one and get it fired up again.
0: Yeah. So, Mo from Up in Flames, what's up?
2: What's up, man? I mean, hey, crazy uh, – Crazy weekend, I guess. I I guess you could say uh, lived up to the hype. I think, you know, that's just how I look at it is this weekend lived up to the hype. Every game that we expected to be great was great outside of, you know, Michigan and Penn State. Other than that, every game lived up to the hype and was down to the wire. Make you on the edge of your seat wanting to watch an entertaining game. So, I mean,
0: this weekend is why I love college football. Yeah, we'll do some knee. Well, you know what? I'll even put that up there since I've got it up here. We'll go ahead and put our knee jerks up there real quick about because you know we talked about it last week. You guys talked about it on your show. I talked about it on my show. One of the a, a truly great schedule in college football last week. So just some knee jerk reactions. I'll, I'll give you mine too. Um, mine was my thought was this is why like whenever whatever age I might have watched a weekend like this. You know when I was a kid or, or young adult or whenever it was this big. This is l- literally one of the reasons like I love the entirety of college football not just my team not just a local team this is why i just love the sport of college football it was weekends like we just had to where like you know uh, for for instance i watched it at a party we had a huge seafood boil big party people were there and then it just kind of congregated like i'm watching the game because everybody knows i'm going to watch the game that's jeff and then you know then another person comes up and they're like whoa alabama tennessee huh? And then the next person comes up then the next person the next thing you know you've got Five or six people that don't normally watch a game together. You're all having conversations. You're all throwing out reactions. You all, you all got opinions. And so then you spend like 20 to 30, maybe an hour watching the game, but also like just discussing like things that happen. You, you observe a play. You observe a big block on the outside. So it was, a, it was just a great viewing experience. It was, a, it was a great time. It was a great weekend of college football. Walker, what was your, what was your big takeaway from the weekend?
1: Oh, God. I mean, so many. Um, Not what
0: you learn. We don't want to spoil that.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, no. We won't do that. I, Yeah, we won't go into, like, the sourpuss attitude I had walking out of Ole Miss's stadium on Saturday where I was just like, that's shit. We should have won by a lot more than we did.
0: (laughs) You Uh, don't have to tell us anything. uh
1: Uh-uh. No. I I mean, I think knee-jerk-wise, I mean, you come away and you just, like, I think consensus, you have to be like, Tennessee is the best team in the country right now.
0: It's and a fair like, statement you
1: can't really. And you can't really like, you can't really like argue. I mean, you can have a case for someone else, but you can't definitively be like, nah, this team has a better resume. Like, or this team has performed better. Like they've gone to death Valley and played LSU and just absolutely beat the piss out of them. They came home and played Alabama. And I mean, like, I don't want to say controlled start to finish, but they started hot and then they held on at the end and found a way to make the winning plays and win those games, which is ultimately what matters. So all they've done is impress to this point. They beat a decent pit team on the road. Like I mean, they've got I mean, they've got a bunch of good wins. I think knee jerk wise, you have to be like, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the best team in the country
0: right now. We'll just roll that into biggest winners because Tennessee is definitely. I think Tennessee's on our list of biggest winners, so we might as well cover the elephant in the room here. Unless you guys want to talk about my my my, right? my my best disc golf uh, tournament to date because uh, me and my partner Bo. <laughs> did really well Saturday. It was a great fall day in Ohio. We finished an eight, you know, finished eight down in the tournament. We didn't, we didn't win it but by, by far we uh, had the best show and especially in our age group. So we could talk about that or we could talk about college football. It's up to you guys, but uh, no, I think we all agree. Tennessee is uh, one of the biggest winners. That was a, uh, uh, you know, and another, I'll, I'll throw this in for another one of my biggest winners. It was the viewers that got to watch Tennessee Alabama game. Like, you know whether whether you whether you watched it to hate on Alabama, whether you love Tennessee, you know whether you genuinely like Alabama. However, you watched it as a casual viewer, as an SEC, anti-SEC fan, uh, as a, as a pro. Like it doesn't matter. It had something for everybody. Uh, everybody could take away either some sort of thrill or some sort of disappointment from that game. I thought it was great. I Thought both both teams showed up. I absolutely I absolutely loved it. And Walker, I like what you said. As of right now, Tennessee has has the argument that they should be number one in the nation until proven otherwise. Uh, Mo, what'd you think of the game Saturday?
2: Uh, the Tennessee, Alabama game. Yeah, was,
0: yeah.
2: Listen, I was in my house singing good old Rocky top. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Alabama so much them losing that game. Oh man. It was, it was amazing. It was a great game too, though. I just, I love the fact that it lived up to the hype. Um If you weren't a Hendon hooker believer before, I guess that's the <laughs> game that makes you a believer. Now, um, as far as what you think he'll do in the NFL, like I always say, that's not what I can. But like the man's, as of right now he's a great college quarterback. He's not. Yeah, I don't care about the NFL stuff. You know yeah, that. like he's a great college quarterback. He has an opportunity um, in the next coming weeks to kind of put a stamp on a legitimate Heisman campaign, which prior to that game was basically CJ Stroud and everybody else, and everybody else was so far away um, that it probably wasn't even close. But for him to play the way he did. Uh, But like I said, it's just for me, watching that game is like that's everything you want in a college football game. Like you couldn't ask for a better ending, um, a better comeback for Bama to make it a game, a better like every question that you needed from pretty much everybody was answered. Like Bama comes back, takes the lead. How does Henning Hooker, you know, how does he respond? How does Tennessee respond? Uh, Bryce Young, can he bring his team back And, and can Nick Saban coach him back into it after a couple mental errors? Like, yes, they lost because when two great teams play, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. But I mean, I don't it's not a knock on Alabama to me. I mean, I think they played arguably the best team in the country and lost in a very close fashion. And I think if they see each other again in the SEC championship, it could be the same type of game with Alabama coming on the other side of that this time, or maybe Alabama blows the doors off of them because, you know, I Nick Saban gets bulletin board material and we're underdogs and this and that. So, but yeah, it was just a great game overall.
0: Yeah. Walker, yeah. I'm going to read you some stats real quick, Walker, then I'm going to let you go. Cause you're our, as uh, you're, you're in a heart of sec country, you know, you're in tune with a Bryce young, 455 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> and then nooker. I feel like I feel like this is a mistake. It's 385 yards and five touchdowns. Uh what a display from those two guys. I was going to um, say
1: on the winners list. We can put Bryce Young's pocketbook.
0: I actually put Bryce Young on my winners <laughs> list. So let's let's have the discussion. I know the knee jerk is that it's you know Tennant Hooker in Tennessee and it should be uh lived up to it. I thought Bryce Young Had a lot of questions going into it, uh, based on you know, mostly for his future, but just based on his size, he was coming off the 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 injury. He missed a week, almost cost him a win at A and M. We can all admit that. And I thought he looked the part. He was unflappable. He played great. You know, he lost the game. He didn't play as good as Hooker. Like I just want to, you know, it, it, he was slightly, slightly behind. But um, I thought he did everything he wanted to do. And if you had any questions about Bryce Young going into that, his size is what it is. I don't know what to tell you yeah. as an NFL scout. What you do about his size? Uh, you know, the size, the size of his brain, the size of his heart, and uh, everything else is he- he's killing it. I was, I was very impressed with Bryce Young and how he handled himself. And I, based on the game, Alabama is still in pretty good shape.
1: Yeah, I think so, but I think you have to, like, have a serious conversation about him at some point. Like, I mean, you can argue that Quinn Ewers doesn't go down. They lose at Texas. I mean, they lose – Oh, you
0: know I feel that way. Yeah,
1: and they lose at Tennessee. They were two yards from losing to Texas A&M. Like, this is a team that's been in a lot of 50-50 contests now, and at some point you have to ask if that's just going to be what it is. We also haven't had the conversation a lot yet, but can we talk about how Saban just completely bungled the end of the game, and that's the reason Tennessee won in regulation? Yeah, I do want to talk about that. Your only job as a head coach on that spot, and they had two timeouts left, is to make sure that your opponent does not get the ball back with a chance to win the game in regulation. It is, I am going to win the game right here, or we're going to remain tied and we are going to go to overtime. Those are the only two options. He decided to throw the ball on like three or four consecutive downs, didn't run the ball, didn't use the timeouts, kicked a 50-yard field goal with a kicker who had not made a kick in what it felt like forever. He struggled against AM too. And then you leave the ball to Hendon Hooker, who has lit you up all night, and give him time and timeouts with a chance to do something. That's, just, that's inexcusable. I thought the way that he handled the end of the game was inexcusable. It's mistakes that you don't see from an Alabama team. They have not yet defensively proven to me that they're good. On that side of the football, like everybody that's had a chance to torch them in the secondary has been able to do it. I mean, Haynes King, who was inept until that he played Alabama, went to Tuscaloosa and was able to th- move the ball in that secondary. There's a lot of questions there, though, that they, that they have to answer. And I just thought it was very atypical Bama. And I was wrong. Like, I thought they were going in there and it was going to be statement, typical Alabama, things come together, they get it right, and they move and they go. And that was not it. Like I mean, we're at the point now where you have to ask serious questions about that team.
0: Yeah, and you you said it best with the end of the game. And you can ask anybody that was around me. As soon as Alabama lined up for the field goal, I said Tennessee just won this game. Like I I was that I was like I, I you, we all we're all three sitting here like this game's over and, and not for Alabama. Like their that kick wasn't going to go through. Why do you do that? It was huge mistakes. Uh, totally agree. Well said. Uh, final thoughts on the Alabama game, uh, Mo, and then we'll get take your next winner.
2: Uh, it was a great game <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't Hey there you go It was everything I wanted and more I wouldn't have been able to predict the way it went It was just it was a great game Like I just being a deep college football fan And knowing that I was looking forward to this weekend Where I don't have the stress of Ohio State playing And I get to just genuinely enjoy all these great matchups And I did Yeah I, I couldn't ask It was an instant classic I don't know if they do instant classics anymore But that was an instant classic I agree Who's yeah.
0: your next winner? Or one of your winners.
2: Um, I would say Utah, which is like I I guess as a two loss team, like why this late into the season are we considering a two loss team a winner? But it's kind of because like a lot of people seem like this was the game that USC really had marked down on their calendar as far as, like, if we get through this, yep. we probably can finish undefeated and make a playoff. And even talking to USC fans, it was like Utah's the test that we're looking at. Obviously, nobody thought UCLA was going to be as good as they are, but even still, I think USC felt like, okay, we'll play UCLA. It's a home game for us regardless. Um, that'll be our environment no matter where it's at. And so for Utah to go in there and Kind of, they were favored it by Vegas. So, there, and there were a lot of people that felt like it was a bad matchup for USC. But for them winning that game the way they won it, they didn't play great defensively, and that was kind of where we thought they would lean on USC. I didn't think USC would score forty plus points on a Utah. But to the fact that you kind of took away them always having to run the ball, and and Cam Rising had to step up and play great in that game to win that game, and he did. Um, I think they just they got to be one of the bigger winners because essentially they knocked off a USC and now like the ball's not in USC's court like they could win out, but they got some games ahead of them. There's some matchups or whatever. So like being a one loss team this early, like essentially the ball's probably not in your court or you can't lose another game. And so for Utah to kind of be be a spoiler, but still be taken serious nationally, I think was like a big I think it was big for the Pac-12 as a whole. So I think Utah winning that game was actually big for the Pac-12 because it's still very close and the division could be had by four different teams right now.
0: Yeah, Walker, I'll let you go here in a second. I'll read you a couple more stats here. Caleb Williams, 381 yards and five touchdowns. Cameron Rising, 415 yards and two touchdowns. Another 60 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Um, what a game that was. And I had I had Cam Rising and I, I also had all my winners... Uh, then we'll take all your thoughts on oh, my winners. I actually had two lot the two lost teams. I thought because of six undefeated teams going down. I think teams like Texas and Utah. It ga- it gave them it gave them a heartbeat. So uh, I I agree with Mo. Uh, great win for Utah.
1: Yeah, I mean right there. But I think I think the one thing that like I want to acknowledge is just the absolute emotional magnitude of that win for that program with everything that they did and in coming into that night. Uh, with helmets and, you know, honoring them before they honoring their uh, past players before the game. And, you know, it's just one of those moments that just kind of reminds you how great this sport is. Uh, and you have to applaud Kyle Whittingham, A, because he, quite frankly, put his nuts on the table and told his players that he believed in them. And he said, go get me three yards and let's win this football game. And, you know, and it paid off like he trusted his guys. He went. They won the game. And it paid off. And Dalton Kincaid was phenomenal, the tight end. I mean, sixteen yes. targets, sixteen catches,
0: <laughs> like, two hundred and thirty-four yards.
1: Carried him, carried him off the field injured. For him to come back in two plays later on like third and nine and convert a third and nine and keep a drive going. Uh, and then like just after the like after the game, I mean, you could just tell what it meant, like how important it was to that program, how important it was to that team to win on that night uh, with everything that was going on there. It was really cool. Uh, I thought we answered a lot of questions about both teams. Like, I think that everybody kind of assumed that Utah, uh, if they were going to win the game, it was going to be because they lined up and ran, ran the ball and were able to lean on USC. Uh, I thought USC answered questions about their line play. I mean, their offensive line was really phenomenal for most of the night. Utah had to bring a lot of exotic pressure to get to Caleb Williams. Uh, And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And then, you know, I thought that Cameron rising was phenomenal. Um, You know, I thought I think that if you told people that Utah wasn't able to run the ball, you would have assumed they got blown out. But they didn't. You know, he stepped up to the plate and played probably the best game of his career, which is just another cool thing. Because like, you know, that kid threw an interception on the five yard line in week one going in to beat Florida and, you know, to come back and do this. in your next big game is it's awesome to watch. So, I mean, I was a noted Utah guy like coming into this week, like was really pulling for Utah wanted them to win the game. Just kind of a sigh of relief and just lots of joy for that program. Like I was really excited for them.
0: Yeah, it was really it was one of those to even though I had picked USC by the time it was over like I was just like you guys play this out. Like this is this is beyond like a pick or pride or any of that stuff. Like this is this is a great game I'm enjoying it. I love I just love high level football and um this will lead up to another uh one of my losers in the losers category uh here in a little bit. Um I'm going to throw out uh, you know, I'll throw out real quick another winner just because every time they win's a win. Syracuse, a uh, good win over a good team. Uh, I don't know what it is. I love when they win games in that awful stadium that they play in. There's something about it that I kind of like. It's almost like the field's not the right size, or 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 they can't. Like I'm always worried they're going to throw the ball too high. I, I can't figure it. out. It's like they're playing in some kind of barn. But uh, I do feel good for the program. Um, I don't think it last past this week, but. You know, yeah. if I'm a Syracuse got, fan, like, this is fun.
1: I got one more have for him? you. We have, to go, we have to go here before we move to Losers.
0: Oh, no, before, we won't move to Losers yet. No, I was just throwing out an easy winner there.
1: We got to go to the t- – oh. we have to go to Fort Worth.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's just go backwards. I mean, there's not much yes. more to say about Syracuse. It's a good story, and we all yeah. think it's going to end this week. But awesome for them, man. They're bull eligible. Yeah. They're absolutely. having fun. I love the carry. You,
1: right? you follow the running back on Twitter, where he like tweets his own recap after every single game.
0: Yeah. no, but I yeah, need to start.
1: start It's pretty cool. Where he he's just like, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the way we play, and like, and then he tweets his own stats, and he's like, yeah, by the way, we're six and zero now. Like, we can't Google this stuff.
0: There, <laughs> there's part of me like that sometimes is slightly jealous of like that fandom because like right. I've got one of the you know I'm a. Huge fan of one of the best teams in the country. They're six and zero, but I don't. I'm not having as much fun as Syracuse is, and my team is awesome. So, like, I kind of admire that a little bit. So, we'll we'll go back around. We'll go to Walker, then we'll go back to Mo Walker. You want to talk about the Horn Frogs?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we have to tell me how
0: wrong I was. Oh my god! By overtime. By overtime.
1: We like. We have not given this program nearly enough credit through six or seven weeks, whatever they are now. They played a rivalry game against SMU on the road where their coach had to go in the, and play in the place that he had just left and then won the game, and they have now played Oklahoma when they were ranked. Then they turned around and played someone, else, uh, Kansas in a sellout crowd in Lawrence when they were ranked. Then they came home and played Oklahoma State and won that game. I mean, they've played now like four consecutive big games, and every single time that they have to answer the bell, they've answered it. Down thirty to sixteen in the second half against a program that's doesn't done nothing but win for the last few years, they didn't blink. They answered the bell and they came back and won the football game. It took two overtimes, but they, I mean, they came back and won the football game. Like it's a program that's answered the bell every single time. And now they play Kansas State, which is going to be another ranked matchup this week. Like all they've done is answer the bell. I mean I we haven't talked about it enough, but that's a team that has maybe the second best resume in college football to Tennessee right now in terms of the profile of their wins yeah. and how they've done it. They've done nothing but impressed to this point. And I feel like you know everybody keeps waiting on you know the slipper to fall off the foot with TCU and all they do is keep winning. That's all they do. They keep scoring points. They score a bazillion points every single and time. That's the on. thing is they.
0: Yeah, we used to always think of them as like, all oh, this defense is Gary Patterson defense," and mm-hmm. and now they score. Uh, you know, Dugan had another great game. He's had a consistent year. This team's consistent. This team's good. Uh, you know, they're fast. He got players all over the field. I thought at halftime I was going to be like, be able to text Walker and be like. You know, uh, I was right about Oklahoma State. At least I got something right. And then, as as it was happening, I'm like, "Oh man, here we go." And then when he got into overtime, I'm like, eh, "I don't know." And obviously, I don't feel well, wrong you know, about Oklahoma State, but no, uh, I, you know, I was, you know,
1: I do think I thought we had him. I say we God, I'm a frogs fan now. Um, <laughs> um, they had him. I thought they had him on the fourth and nine, and then Sanders made another big throw, and I was like, "God, he's just." He's flipped the bird to me like eight times today. And uh, yeah. and then finally, you know, they got like three – like they got in double overtime. They got like I think back-to-back sacks or something, and it was like fourth and 25, and like all Gundy could do was kick the field goal. And I looked to the guy sitting next to me, and I was like, they got him. I was like, they got him. Yeah. They're
0: going to go score.
1: And I think – I don't think they ever put the ball in the air. Like I think they just ran it straight down their
0: throats. Yeah, it, it was another- one of those. You could – you could feel coming. Which um, is
1: another thing is they're super physical and they can pack yes. that and bring that every single week. It's the type of yep. thing that travels and
2: makes it
0: them carries. Them. It, it, it carries. absolutely. I I totally agree. It, it it you it it does travel. Mo, what do you think about the Horn Frogs? And then we'll get another winner from you.
2: Oh, another great game. Another reason why I love college football. Like it's like, you know, when you just get to sit there as a fan of the sport and not have to worry about an interest. And you're like, you know, yeah, we cover this stuff. Yeah. I went out and I think I picked TCU Well, I might've picked Oklahoma. No, I picked TCU. Yeah. I rocked Oak Walker. Yeah. I picked TCU. But if Oklahoma state had won that game in the fashion of which it was played, I don't care about being wrong there. Yeah. Like it was, so it was just one of those like other, like this game lived up to the hype. This was the weekend. And this was one of the matchups that, you know, I had it on my other TV But this was one of the matchups I was looking forward to. I think this was it was an afterthought because at the time that it was played, Bama and Tennessee, the whole world was watching Bama and Tennessee. So I don't think the whole world really got to see the show that was put on. But, I mean, it was another performance from two really good college quarterbacks. Like, it was day of the quarterbacks today because – It sure was. Because both – every team who had quarterbacks in the matchup, every quarterback played well. Like literally played well. Some of them had the best games of their life, but in all these matchups, every quarterback played well. So, um, for me, and it's like, okay, TCU has Kansas State this week. Like, keep fighting. Like they they have an opportunity. They you know, they control their own destiny, but you just gotta keep fighting, keep playing, keep answering There's, the call, and you never know what TCU could do.
0: They'll I don't know what the, in I don't the know when they get to. That that's exactly right. They got a decent schedule and what's good about their schedule is they have good teams left on it, but good teams that they can beat. So that that's what you want. You know, you don't want great teams left. You want good teams that you have a chance to beat. and they've got a, you know, you've got a show think, that showdown I mean, with Texas I mean, in a I mean, few weeks.
1: I was going to say, I think other than Kansas and Texas, I think the rest of it's really oh, manageable yeah. in Kansas. Yeah. In Kansas state, this week is in Fort Worth. So, um, you know, hopefully take care of business there they, and they should and they should feel good about where they're at no no i kept i kept blowing up Mo's phone with like stuff from the tcu game and he finally replied and was like dude i'm watching bama tennessee <laughs> i was like i was like dude you're missing a great game
0: it was i i was i was doing the old flipping back just to watch as much as i could possibly watch of course i had the people watching it with me like how can you do this my wife's like yeah you get used to it uh mo what other winners you got um, I don't really have, I guess, too too many more
2: winners. I mean, Michigan, I guess they're I give, on my list. I think yeah, it's, I give them, I give them their props for blowing out Penn wow. State. It, business. That game
0: wasn't even that was a mauling.
2: Yeah, I think Penn State a little overrated, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Michigan handled business. Could have been a close game. We could have been judging Michigan. Um, I still think they got some questions to answer, but I mean, what team at this point doesn't? have some concerns that you have for them going on into the future. This is around when we start talking about national championship contenders. And so you start picking out everybody on why they won't win a national championship or why they won't play the premier beat, the premier team left on their schedule, whoever that may be. Um, but I mean, and if I'm picking an individual player, Blake Corm. I mean, he played absolutely amazing. Again, I don't know if like I I think I ignited the argument and it not argument, but the debate in the chat when I, cause I've been saying for like the past three weeks, Blake Corham is the best running back in the country. Um, everybody's still on the whole, like Bijan and I get it. He'll probably be the more successful NFL back. I don't care right now on the college football field. What I'm seeing from oh, Corum yeah. is next level. Now there's, there's a bunch of elite guys though. Like Zach Evans. Like there's a lot of people that, that can be in that conversation. But what I'm watching from Blake Coram is like, I hate to say it, and this dude is amazing. Like he yeah. just he he goes for what, 70 some yards in the first half and then comes out at halftime and boom, 61. It, at that point we knew the game was over. Like yeah. he comes out at halftime, they're only up to boom, 61 yard run to the crib, game's over. They've been physically dominating Penn State the whole first half. They just didn't capitalize on drives. He hits him. He punches him right in the mouth, coming out of halftime, and you—that's when I, I said this game's over. I don't even need to watch. This and, and
0: that's another one of those that carries over, like that—that that travels well, especially yeah. as the weather gets worse in the Midwest. Uh, Michigan is a is a is an extremely good football team. That that was in my notes. Uh, Walker, any uh, yeah, winners two, left?
1: Yeah, I thought the two keywords. Said they were physically dominated. Like, I, for me, even when, you know, Penn State kind of broke the couple plays and kind of got up early, to me, there was never a doubt. Like, I mean, it was just like Michigan's
2: the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were State. dominating Penn State. At it was a point, pick
1: six. At one point, yeah. At one point, at, first, at, w- at one point, the first down count was 19 to two. I was like, yeah, they're going to be all right. <laughs> I was like, they're going to yeah. be all right. And, you know, sure. And it, it ended the way it should have. I just think that there are really physically, Good football team. Like, I think the yeah. defense is going to travel. I think that they're, they're all, you know, they're always going to be good on that side of the ball and the run game travels. And I think McCarthy has done enough to where you feel comfortable with him back there. Like, and I know that McNamara went to the playoffs last year, but I think Hartball got it right this year. Like, I think he took the right guy. I think it's clear that there's something to McCarthy that McNamara just couldn't bring to the table. And so yeah. I think that the hope for Michigan is that, that takes him to the next level. Um, my last winner is, uh, the playoff expansion crowd, right? I mean, there's no question. I I know where I'll start the
0: losers now.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I, I mean, we talked about, I sent the thing in the, in our group chat this morning where like you could theoretically run into a world of. There could be like four like ten like one loss teams this year that have conference championships or came close. I mean, hell four of them could be in the AC. All it would take would be Alabama beating Ole Miss and then winning the SEC championship if Ole Miss wins the rest of their games. I mean, then you're talking about eleven and one Ole Miss, eleven and one Tennessee, twelve and one Georgia, twelve and one Alabama, and you know and like some of those schools aren't gonna get to go. Like that's the reality. You know, if TCU drops a game and Oklahoma State beats them in the conference championship game, both those teams are going to be 12-1. and And the sad reality is that maybe neither of those teams is going to get to go. Same with USC and UCLA and everyone else. And we've listened for forever about why this thing shouldn't expand. And, like, this year has just been a major shut the hell up to all of those people. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: Like, there's no doubt that four is the wrong number And, like, I don't really care, and, like, I have a target audience in mind. Like, I don't care if you don't want group of five teams in. The reality is the sixth conference champion is going to get in, and if those teams go undefeated and earn their way in, why does it bother you that they're going to go play a road game against another power five team? Who cares? If they're good enough to win the game, then they'll go win. And at that point, that means we probably witnessed a great football game. If they lose, they're out, and we still have three rounds left to go.
0: Nobody is bothered. That's the difference.
1: Yeah, like if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. There's like three other playoff games on that point, and it like it doesn't matter. It so, doesn't matter.
0: Walker, we're gonna we're gonna do the other half of this conversation here in a second. Our friend Mo has to go, so I want to get any final thoughts he has before he takes off for the week. And I know you got field stormers coming this week, Mo. So I know you'll have plenty to say on it.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I appreciate you for having me on, Jeff. I didn't realize what time it was. Uh, just final thoughts. I will give out like uh, my biggest loser. Penn State for getting blown out, like essentially looking overrated. They're they, they, they they're the biggest loser to me because every other team that lost that we would talk about was close games. Penn Fair. State absolutely got ran through. That was supposed to set the tone for the day, um, that game. And it was supposed to be a great matchup and all that. And they got the doors blown off of them. So they're my biggest loser. And the game I'm looking forward to next week is Syracuse and Clemson. Oh, I like it's it. Obviously, Ohio State and Iowa is going to be on TV, but Syracuse at Clemson for the simple fact, man, I could only imagine what it would be like if Syracuse won that game. I don't think so. I don't think they have a chance, um, and I'm glad. I think it's a road game. I'm glad it's not at Syracuse because they have the worst TV angles in America. It's oh, terrible. Syracuse. I love, the, their TV I love angle. when they play games. I hate it. But it, yeah. So I appreciate you for having me on, though, Jeff.
0: Mo, you're the best, man. We'll make sure we promote our stuff at the end. All right. So Walker, when we jump to losers here, the reason I said we'll have the other half of it is because I had the other side of it. Biggest losers, one of mine is the anti-playoff crowd. Uh, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, uh, if you're if you're telling me right now that you know who would win a matchup out of like, even if you just whatever you want to take top eight teams, top twelve teams, whatever mix, if anybody could tell me right now they think they know who would win between. You know Ohio State, TCU, uh, Tennessee. You know Tennessee, Oklahoma State, um, UCLA, Alabama. Like you, nobody honestly knows who would win these games. It is this every week has been just exactly what you said—a smack in the face to them. Now, if you're really if you're if you're the anti-expansion crowd, now you're just stuck on it. Like that, you—that's just something you want to do. Um, you have no reason for it because what is what has happened? And this is what I've said all year. The the big the only the only argument they have left that they bring up is that is is the bulls like like if you're stuck on the traditional Rose Bowl, if you're stuck on whatever some of the traditional bowls blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is that these mid-season games, like Tennessee, Alabama, that has become the new big game. Like that has replaced the bowl games, the early-season games, Georgia, Oregon, that has replaced the bowl games. Like I'm sorry for the for the Bulls. Like I'm sorry that it's going to become a a playoff format and they're going to have home stadiums. They'll find a way to make money. Tostitos will be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. Um, It's it's just over. But like these games would like. I I have no problem with watching Alabama, Tennessee, and then knowing that both those teams still have a shot because that was good football. Um, Penn State eliminated themselves by playing so bad, and that's fine also. But um, I had the same thing, man. Like, give me twelve, give me. I just want to see the home fields. I just want to see it all. I don't see how anybody, and it's happening. It's not like we got to sit here and beg for it. I just don't. I don't know what stance you have now to keep teams out of these playoffs. Why? There's no. If there's a first-round blowout, it happens. It has nothing to do with the quality of the teams.
1: Yeah. Well, you know how Tostitos is going to make money when one of these teams wins their way into their bowl game and then we just play it a week later because the playoff yeah. is cool and they're yeah. going to get more eyes that way. That's how exactly they're gonna play, the same it's, way. It's
0: really not that complicated. No, it's either. really
1: not. Like, I mean, they don't even <laughs> lose. Like I get that the Rose Bowl, like one well, other thing is too, I mean, I'm sure they're going to work these things out to where like if a Big Ten team wins, like they'll send Ohio State to the Rose Bowl for
0: of course
1: whatever. Like I'm sure that these things have all been considered. And, you know, at this point, it's just like it's – just the unwillingness to want to change and you can hide behind quote unquote first round blowouts and all this stuff and whatever it is that you want to hide behind. But the reality is these things were happening anyways, like we've seen it over and over and over again. And when you move these games to campuses and basically turn them into like you actually create like hostile environments oh
0: my goodness problems. like
1: things are going to change environments change like it creates more pressure on the home teams to have to play in front of their own fans like it makes it difficult for road teams it just it just increases like every everything we love about college football is multiplied to the 10th degree and that it's and how that yeah, is a bad thing
0: i don't get it
1: you well, said it like best. Thing. It's like the like I get that the elitist thing, it's like you want the big brands in. But if you want the big brands in, then how in the world are you trying to like how in the world are you trying to justify a fourteen playoff where you leave like five of those out every single year? Where well,
0: you leave a whole conference out. You leave a sometimes two. Yeah. Sometimes you leave two conferences out. Like, how could More you at this point? Almost all the time. Yeah. Well, and you said it, the, the number one, the best thing I've heard as far as pro expansion. And you said it. If we expand it and the first round sucks, guess what? The next week's not the national championship game. The next week, yep. you get a whole round of playoffs and you don't have to worry about it. Like, there's no downside to it.
1: Yep. No, there's <laughs> like, literally no downside.
0: That's the complaint about blowouts in the first round is worse when there's only four teams. <laughs> that well, really yeah, sucks. Yeah.
1: And it's the perception of independent and group of five teams that pisses people off. And like I'm like, but you and I know this because we pay so much attention and do so much research before the season. Like like we've both picked up on the fact that independents and group of five teams are now scheduling with their non-conference games like legitimate programs. They're like it's We're a legit going, schedule. We will come to you and play you because we want to go to that. Like if we yep. will come to you and beat you so we can go to that. And that's fine. If they want to do that and win their way in, then why? They don't get to come because they play in the American Conference? Like, are like what? Like, what are we doing? Like, if Cincinnati had gone undefeated and had a road win in Fayetteville in the opening week of the year and beat, like, an SEC West team that we thought was going to be really good while they were fully healthy, then, like, we would have looked back and been like, yeah, I mean, that's a good win. Like, what are we doing? Like, that team deserves to go. Like, they have pedigree at this point. And
0: and then the whole thing is then uh, one, one other argument is always like, well, if you let in 12 then everybody's going to complain about 13, like, I don't care. That's also part of college football. Yes, we're going to complain about, we're going to complain about the 13th and 14 teams. That's also part of college football, which is also fun. So there again, you didn't even lose that. You didn't even lose the debate of it. You know what I mean? Like there's I'm still looking for the downside, except for like they just want to argue with Walker and Jeff. So uh, we'll move right. on here because I've got a few more. So a couple of the lose, we're at a, mo covered Penn State. Um, I can't really say much more except for basically my thing was again, and I'm not saying and everybody listen to me. I understand Penn State could upset High State in a couple weeks, but it really doesn't matter now. They had the chance. They got ranked the as size as they needed to. They if they ran the table in the Big Ten East, they go to the playoffs just like everybody else, and they got absolutely manhandled you know by another team in their division it was just another time to where like Penn State looks like they're building up to like take that next step and then they got beat down whether it's Ohio State whether it's Michigan you know it just they basically they failed at it again and then you start looking at it like their deficiencies show up and you're like okay what's going on here like Clifford you know I don't know for the, honestly for the six year look <laughs> average yeah. maybe below averages it's just like When can Franklin close that gap? I think you have a lot of questions if you're a Penn State fan of like, are we just going to do this forever? And I don't think that's what you sign up for if you're a Penn State fan.
1: Yeah, well, and then you have to have the pro like the um the conversation about is your program capped or is it Franklin's fault? Because like, is the reality exactly is the reality that like I mean, you kind of we got into this conversation at a lower level with Nebraska, but like, are you Uh, the
0: Nebraska was who came to mind?
1: And it, like you're at the point now where it's like, you know, yeah, maybe you fire Franklin and you hire another great coach. But is the reality that you're just always going to be the third best team in the Big Ten and every every here and there, you're going to have a chance to break through. And like I think that's probably the reality for them right now. Like, I mean, they're not at a level where they can just consistently beat Michigan and Ohio State or even 50-50. Yeah. Like, that's just not, that's not where they're at. And you have to ask yourself the question, is that because it's who you are as a program now? Or it's is it because James Franklin's not getting the job done? And that's a, uh, that's a pretty tough question to answer. Because USC, yeah, was, I, USC, was, like, USC was like hot and bothered about coming to get James Franklin. Like,
0: Yeah. And I do so. think he's, like and I I don't and I honestly don't know the answer be, mainly because I am not smart enough on, as far as like talent wise and stuff and who they bring in and how good they should be I really I really wish I was better at that but I, there's only so much time in the year so I'm not one of these guys to can sit here and tell you like they have a bunch of four and five stars that aren't living up or if or if they're living up to like this is just as good as they can play I you know I have the question too but I'm, if Penn State I'm sure their fans have the question
1: yeah and I'm glad that I'm not getting paid to make that decision.
0: Right, and and again, if you, if most at it, what the the common theme this weekend was dynamic quarterbacks. Right. Um, I I don't like as far as like, I I don't know what the like the NFL class is what it is, but as far as dynamic quarterbacks on the field, there's a bunch of them, and they all showed up this weekend. And if you don't have one, I'm you're just you're just a. Uh, you're just in the you're but you're in the back seat. I mean, I don't know what else to say.
1: Penn State Penn State had to choose between Will Levis and Sean Clifford. Feels like they made the wrong decision.
0: I yeah. I mean I but it seems like but that there you go. The, we talk about Franklin. I think everybody felt that at the time. I know I'm sure you felt it. I know I felt like I I didn't see it, but you know, I don't I don't know what you'd never know what goes on behind the scenes and blah, you know, and all that stuff. I wouldn't pretend to know how it went down, but all I know is they Sean Clifford. They don't have Will Levis. What, however, that yeah. happened, <laughs> oh, it yeah. wasn't for the better. So uh, I'll keep so. it in the same vein. This is an easy one. I didn't even want to say it, but I, I can't overlook it. Uh, bad, bad, bad loss by Notre Dame. Um, oh, you know what I mean? So. They, they just, just trying to recover whatever. Part of the season they have, they they maybe they had a chance to run the table, upset USC and kind of save some face. So go, go to a decent bowl game and all these things, and they lose to Stanford, who Stanford hasn't really beaten anybody in I believe a couple years. I forget what the stats are, but it's it's been a run. So I can give
1: you I can uh, give you a wild stat real quick. If you I want. will
0: let you do it, but I'll, I'll throw this Notre Dame. I just put I just put another setback, and and with the schedule they have going forward, it's it's not getting better. So now give me give me all the stats. <sighs>
1: Marshall, so Marshall and Stanford have both only beaten one FBS team this year.
0: Oh and, my gosh!
1: And it, and the one team and the one FBS team for both programs is Notre.
0: Is Notre Dame?
1: And both At- of them were in. Both of them were in South Bend. Yeah, that's just an. And, bo- and they weren't. And they not weren't acceptable.
0: shootouts. They weren't even shootouts. It's yeah. not like they're yeah. not You know, sometimes you can they lost excuse 15,
1: these. sixteen to fourteen. I just, can't, just, I just can't that just can't happen
0: and I'll throw mean, another loser out there that I didn't even write down preseason voters get your shit together yeah, like, yeah,
1: we, no kidding, really you
0: no know, we tried it to, I mean we told everybody Notre Dame wasn't the fifth best team in the country did I think they were this bad no but did I think they were fifth no so maybe we let maybe let's were, stop worrying
1: we thought they were eight and four like respectable team maybe not. yeah
0: Yeah, Yeah. I had them at two I had them at two losses and a tough schedule. And they they haven't even got to they haven't even played all their tough games yet. And so
1: Oh they got USC left. They've got (laughs) USC left. So have fun with that one.
0: Man, and if USC needs if USC is hungry and and they still have a chance to like get in, they're gonna want to make a statement because whatever reason, and you can ask you know, high state fan, you can ask Cincinnati, like some reason when you beat the Golden Domers, it counts a little bit more no matter how bad they are. I think it's well, silly. I mean, like, um,
1: if Notre Dame doesn't get their shit together, USC may, may smell blood in the water and sense a chance to maybe make a statement.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So speaking
0: of USC, Speaking of USC, I'll I'll let you go. I'll let you. I'll I'll give you my this loser. Then I'll let you start the next loser. I put USC not because they played bad or anything else, strictly because they lost their they lost that direct path to the playoffs that they were on. Um, and there's other teams that did that, but I think USC really had a like. I I know going undefeated is not the easiest thing in the world, but I think if you're USC, you're like most said it best. Man, we got Utah circled on the calendar. We get through that. Then we got the big game at UCLA. Then we know we're going to match Notre Dame, but everybody's going to watch us match Notre Dame. We're going to have so much momentum and to, uh, to lose on, you know, on a two-point conversion. Um, they played a great game. I still think – I think they're I- – I agree with you. I think they're actually a little better than I thought they were uh, in the loss, a little tougher maybe. Um, but I-, I, th- I think that was a pretty tough loss for a team that, like, had – everything going their way and i would say this you know i don't say that about alabama because i think alabama's path is still a little more clear than usc
1: yeah i think with usc i mean the one thing that they've got going for them that we hate to acknowledge but it's true is that they're still a trojan on their helmet and, absolutely and if they Out get for 12, it and if they get to 12 and one and you know you get the bump for beating notre dame just because they have gold helmets yep. and then also will get uh you'll you know beating US, ucla is a legitimately high quality win you get to the conference title game and beat Oregon at a neutral site all of a sudden you've got all these good wins. So yeah. I mean I think at 12 and 1 you go in with all those good wins and you have a Trojan on your helmet if it comes down to you and let's say TCU. Yeah, let's see who gets in. Like That's I mean,
0: a good point. That's good. I feel better about. I feel better about USC now.
1: Yeah, and the tro- the Trojan on the helmet matters. It-, it just does. I mean, that's just It thrilling. sure does. And uh so if they get to 12 and 1 and it comes down to them and God, let's go here. For hell's sakes, if it comes down to them and Ole Miss, USC is going every time, every time, no question.
0: Probably, yeah. They're going to look at, I mean, and they're going to say,
1: out. yeah. I mean, they're going to say out.
0: USC and they're going to they're going to come off a Notre Dame win and they're going to have Caleb Williams and they are yep. going to have the benefit of the doubt. Walker, you're right. right. I might take I'm gonna take them off my losers. USC, you're fine. Walker, you got we no, got uh, more losers. I'm gonna the
1: radar loser for you that I feel like we haven't talked or I know we haven't talked about. One of the biggest losers of the week, James Madison. Okay, you you know, make the jump from FCS to FBS, first team in history to become a top twenty-five team. After making that jump in your first season and your first game as a top twenty-five team, you're a massive favorite against Southern and you lose. Just you know, it's a loser because not not necessarily because you lose the undefeated season and like what maybe potentially was down the road. They weren't making the playoff, but maybe a new year six game is a G five team or something like oh, that. Yeah. It just stinks for that program because you come and there's all this positive emotion. And then you finally get to the, where you want to be and you get to, okay, here's our big game. Like we get to, we're a top 25 team. I think they play it on one of the big ESPN networks. Cause even ESPN was like, you know, this is the little engine that could like, let's pay yeah. some attention to them and, and then you play a you know you play a triple option team or a modernized triple option team in Georgia Southern and um and you lose in a shootout and that just you know I think they'll fall out of the polls now and we'll kind of forget that James Madison
0: yeah they can't a, get back at them
1: no and it's like we'll forget that it was kind of a thing now and that stinks because you know well, I'm not think saying about it that I was like oh like we should have been ranking them higher, but you know what I'm saying. I-
0: I mean, think about it. It didn't. I mean, not that not that the story still wasn't great and all that, but like we haven't talked about Appalachian State in a few weeks. You know, what I mean, like it it does right. fade quickly when you when you're these schools. Um, and it, was, and it doesn't doesn't take away from their players or the run they're on or whatever. But it, you, you when you have that opportunity, that's what kind of the theme of the weekend was. You have that opportunity, and you I won't say you blow it, uh, but you it doesn't to, happen you for to. you. Yeah. And you just like um, just whether it's Penn State, whether it's that part, whether it's James Madison, uh Oklahoma State, I'm sure they feel terrible. Like you're like, we're 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 right there where we want to be, whatever that goal is. And then when it slips away, man, it's gotta be murders. So that's to where Alabama's like, we've been here before, we know how to handle this, we're gonna move forward. Um, you know, USC, like you say, everything you said is kind of in the same boat, but and some of these teams, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. uh, you know, it feels like we slipped opportunity away. I've got one more, and I'll, I'll justify it, um, loser that didn't even play this weekend. And I'll say Ohio State, and here's why. Because I'm an Ohio State fan, I think about these things very closely. I watch very closely. Well, here's what happened this weekend. Their rival proved that they're awesome, that they're a legit contender. So, you know, at the end of the season, you've, you've, you've basically that the same situation you had last year and a team that just, you know you know, beat you up and sent you home. You know, last year, and you know that the weather, you know, is not going to be any better in Columbus, possibly, and all these things. So you got that. You're sitting there watching. You can't do anything about it. You're watching your rival, and then now you have the worst resume out of the contenders that there is. Like you're, you don't have anybody on your schedule that's a good win anymore. Nobody's ranked. Uh, Notre Dame, the the one that you might be hinging on, it, you know, it, it has been wiped off the map. I guess Wisconsin's the second best team you played, and they're not good. So. So like outside of like what you look like while you're playing, you don't have any argument to be the best team. All these teams have a better argument than you. So you know now you have one shot. You go undefeated. That's it. You have one shot. You don't have any fallback um, on that. And so like you're not like as as these other teams have played these great games and look great. You you got Iowa coming up. You can't prove anything, you know. So yeah, you haven't been battle tested, and then you know you've you know you've got the weather coming and all these things. So I think if you're a high state like. You're you're kind of like now like everything is based on we look really pretty like that's just and it's not their fault they've taken care of business and they they do they look great but there is there is no argument of how good they actually are against a better team so I don't think it was a great week for the Buckeyes.
1: Yeah, well, and it's not even their fault. Like you know, it's not like oh yeah it's not even like you look at them and be like oh you scheduled soft no man like we scheduled notre dame like in the first game of the season it's like no that's a i mean i'm sure five years ago when they scheduled that that was just an awesome game that we Mm -hmm. were like oh that's gonna that's gonna rock but you know it just didn't and then sometimes it breaks that way that's how the cookie crumbles every now and then and so all you can do now is win um and if ryan day Is the coach that uh, I think Ohio State would like him to be? Then you, when Michigan comes and you're in a revenge spot against the Wolverines, you win that game and you just don't leave any question who the better team is.
0: Yeah, you may only believe me. Nobody, yeah, their path is straight, but they don't have they don't have any very. There's no fallback now. Uh, No, and and that's fine.
1: Yeah, that's fine. It's just if you if you are going to be well, and the fallback <laughs> the fallback for them is uh, that they have the Buckeyes on one
0: hundred percent. That's a, I, 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 I I totally agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And
1: yeah, so but if they like, I mean, to me, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's a little bit disconcerting. Like you sit there and you are like, eh. But if your team and your program is what you what you want it to be and it's in the right place, then you beat Michigan. Com- comfortably
0: oh yeah because and it won't matter you, because
1: that's what you owe them and then it doesn't matter and you go and once you're in then nothing they, everybody, yeah i totally everybody's agree everybody's zero and zero at
0: that point yeah it's just that you're going to be like as these other teams are beating up on each other like especially if i'm tennessee i'm like how dare you put a high state above me so now you've got this un like un, unbeknownst to you you've got this target on your back that you didn't create all you're doing is going out there and playing Bad teams and just smashing them. And these other teams de- develop this chip on their shoulder, it, which is, uh, you know, when it gets to playoff time, if they would get theirs in advance. So, like, not a horrible weekend, but just as far as having a bye week, um, it, it, everything didn't break their way. But that being said, nobody's going to feel sorry for the Buckeyes. So, uh,
1: no, no, I don't feel sorry for them. <laughs> no,
0: no,
1: no. I've got to play election I did have- this week. I don't feel for you
0: i know i had another i forgot i had another winner on there um old miss and the reason being what a you're gonna be on the show but yeah i do watch them closely but honestly their path got a little better i mean they've they're you know they've um you know alabama took the loss they've everything's in front of them now and they play as good as they are they got lsu coming up which we talked about these brand names like lsu's a good football team but they also we talked about it they they had that tiger on the field so when you beat them, it means a little bit more. So, um, you know, that's a team that, that's a team that has they they kind of switch with USC. Like Ole Miss is like, okay, I, this is a hard mission, but we know what we can accomplish now. You know, if we if we keep to it. So D. Uh, D. I, I the from
1: someone I listened to this morning. It's all on the racket for them. Like that's it's all. Yeah, right that's there. what I mean.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: If you if you go and you went out. Then you're going to Atlanta and you don't care who you play at that point because you're
0: twelve and does like, help when yeah.
1: yep. And quite frankly, your spot is probably safe at that point. Like we won't go there because I don't want to think about being twelve and no No,
0: to- I, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm just No, saying I wanna think day.
1: about I wanna think about trying to get to eight and no. And uh yeah. But like but if you for some reason like went down that road, like if you can get to there, if you can control what you can control and you can get to that point, yep. then then you'll have a chance at the end of the year. And that's all you the, can
0: ask the for. Path, the, the path is there. That's what I mean. That's all you can ask for. So that's um, another team that like obviously it feels good. And UCLA would be in that category too. Like UCLA has got to feel good about where they're at also. They have everything in front of them. And for that matter, the whole Pac-12, uh, we could talk about that. Yeah, but we have. Probably. So uh, we'll move on here. That was the losers. Let's talk about – Oops. I need a producer. Let's go with uh what did we learn then we'll do the games to watch. So what did we learn is uh is pretty quick. Um I'll give you mine, my biggest takeaway. Every conference has a legit national title contender. All five conferences have one. I think ACC's only got one, but I still think they have one. I think the Pac-12's got a couple. I think the Big 12's got a couple. And of course, we know the Big 10 and the SEC have, you know, have a have a yeah. few each. Well, a couple. Big 10's down to a couple. SEC's yeah. got I don't know, maybe SEC's four telling I'm, I'm right you, They got four, right? But I love it that like I love it that we haven't like – like, last year we'd eliminated the ACC pretty early because Clemson had a rough start. So, like, that wasn't a factor. Big Ten – I mean, Michigan wound up, you know, taking over, but Ohio State lost early. So, that's – this year there's a, a lot of contenders in every conference. It kind of goes back to, like, let's let more teams play for this thing. But that was my biggest takeaway. I was like, wow, there's, like anybody, – anybody can win this thing, and I really believe that right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I was gonna, just, I think mine was gonna be like kind of just the depth of the sport right now, which is something we yeah. haven't had in a while. I mean, maybe fifteen years or so, um, and so it's just the depth of the sport right now and the number of teams that are playing at an incredibly high level, um, you know, and teams that even teams that don't have a chance to win the national championship that can still, you know, they have enough to steal, steal a phrase from somebody. They have enough ass to whip ass. So uh, yeah. You know, Texas, like Texas, two losses probably doesn't like almost certainly does not have a chance to get into the playoff. No matter what they do from here on out, there's just too many teams that have no losses or one loss. Yeah.
0: But nobody, nobody wants to play them.
1: Nope. And then nobody wants to line up across from them. You know, Utah is the same way. Nobody wants to line up and play that team right now. Right. And so, you know, you've got a bunch of those types of teams. Um, I mean, the depth of the sport is something that we haven't seen in a really long time. So and that's something we should celebrate.
0: Yeah, and I and I said it a lot. Of times, and a lot of it is due to this. We won't go down this rabbit hole. Uh, that'd be something you guys can do on Field Stormers. But like a lot of it is the transfer portal because when you start, I've said it for years, you start spreading out these quarterbacks. All of a sudden, like it it puts more. I mean, even Martinez going to Kansas State, huge difference. I mean, obviously Williams, Ewers going back to Texas made made them made them relevant immediately as to where he could be stuck fighting with stroud you know over the starting spot now you got two good teams like the transfer portal um ha- has affected the depth of college football and so far i think in a really good way
1: yeah i mean adrian martinez is playing on a playoff contender right now
0: i mean it's amazing what a great story for him
1: yeah i mean they're five and one yeah did they lose to two lane? sure if they went out nobody cares <laughs> if they yeah, were exactly out, nobody cares yeah,
0: yeah it's right. awesome
1: you're still getting in.
0: So that that's what we learn. Let's talk about week four. I still says week four. I apologize. You know what? I can just I'll just fix that real quick. You guys are gonna see some uh, editing in progress. Week eight games to watch um so it's, it's not near the schedule last week but it's still i mean you're always going to have good teams, and we don't even know what the good games are going to be there's going to be an upset there's going to be you know a surprise team but um these are just some of the ones that like if you're watching a game this week you want to learn something we'll save yours for i know we'll save one of yours for last i don't even want really to
1: talk about it to be honest but we all know it has to go on the list like well, it has I'll, to be-
0: okay i'll bring it up last <laughs> you can act like it's not going to happen um uh, I think a big one, I'll start with, uh, I, for me, just because I'm so invested in the Big 12 this year, I'm going with Texas, Oklahoma State. Um, I want to see, you know, you brought it up before, I think before the show, maybe later on, but I want to see if Oklahoma State bounces back, or I want to see, I'm kind of dug in on my Texas take of like they're not dead. Um, so personally, you know, I, I, watched, right. I watched them a little closer. So I think whoever wins this game, especially if it's, as long as i not convincing doesn't have to be a blowout but like if they look like the better team whoever wins this i think is still alive uh whether it's whether it's by if it's texas obviously it's a much much more difficult road if it's loser, oklahoma state it's a,
1: leaves, it's a loser leaves town game
0: yeah the lo, the loser's it, done it, let's put it, it that way and and i think they're comparable i think this is a tough i want to see viewers in this situation this is be you know is i guess it's one of these it's a really big game, considering you know he was out at the end of the Alabama game. So I'd like to see him get a shot and finish. I see Oklahoma State. See how they bounce back. They've they've been pretty good at that. So definitely got my eye on uh, Texas, Oklahoma State. Well,
1: and how does Texas play away from Austin? This is his. This is their second road game, and their first road game was in Lubbock, and they lost. Like so, right. how does Texas? Like how did this? Is Te- Texas has to take a step here and prove that they're a nationally relevant fair. team by by playing both at home and away from home. And, you know, they played really well in Dallas, but again, that's a neutral site where, you know, probably 60% of the stadium was filled with orange.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, I just, I want to see them go into a hostile environment and play against a different type of orange. And,
0: uh, this is also an opportunity. Let's I'll throw it out there. As far as the Jeff's agenda, if they, if they look great, then we can really start having some interesting conversations until it doesn't matter mm-hmm. anymore. But yeah. interesting conversation if they look great against Oklahoma State,
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. Like that's exactly—it's exactly right. I mean, if we—if Texas wins, then they're going to get another couple weeks of where we're going to talk about Texas and are they still alive? And the problem, you know, they'll go into the bye week after this, and then they'll have uh, just two weeks of consecutive massive tests. I mean, they'll come out of the bye and go to manhattan kansas which is sneaky brutal place to play like so many people have gone into manhattan and fallen over the years yeah there's an
0: energy about that place that is just different yeah the
1: the, the purple cats play it's a different level of kansas state football when you go there bill snyder did it chris Kleiman has continued it i mean it's it's a really tough place to play and then you have to come back after dealing with that and tc waiting in your building ready to go just sitting there ready to roll they're uh coming to austin and uh and we're we're gonna find out right in those two weeks exactly what texas has got tcu's at home the week before uh against a team that's probably kind of a bottom feeder in their conference so you know potentially get some guys out of a game early and get ready for texas and so texas is going to answer some questions
0: oh absolutely um the 12 o'clock slate's not great i mean i'll be watching osu iowa hopefully i can take a nap um i don't know that that's going to be the case but hopefully i can the other he'll twelve get, o'clock game,
1: every time iowa possesses the ball
0: <laughs> oh man um yeah i'm i i don't even bother watching them so i really don't even know what to expect but um yeah. weird things happen when we play that team but i definitely here's what i'll say is like if i State was going to play really good um i would enjoy that because iowa have ruined um, you know, uh, they, I was actually watching them in Vegas that the, the upset. It was rough, made some money off of it because I was so angry, but it's beside the point. Um, the yeah. other 12 o'clock game, it's a, this is a huge game on paper, but I don't think anybody thinks that it's, that it is, is uh, Syracuse Clemson is very interesting. Um, I think everybody thinks Clemson is going to win. But it's five versus 14. So I don't, I, you know, it's one of those like I try to give the respect to the, the ranking, you know, and I don't want to. We talk about the, the helmet because it's Syracuse. I think everybody's like, yeah, I kind of roll their eyes or whatever. Right. I don't know what to make of this. I haven't watched enough of both teams. I like Clemson a lot. I think they're better than most people think they are. I don't know about Syracuse. Uh, tell me something about this game that I don't know.
1: Uh, you know, Garrett Schrader is going to be one of the sneakier, more fun quarterbacks that you've watched all year. Um some things he do some things he does on the field are mind-numbingly dumb. You just kind of like he takes some of the worst sacks in college football. Like the the ones where you run around and lose 15 when you could have lost five.
0: Okay. Um, But then some of the
1: throws but then some of the throws he makes later on, you know, the drive he had against Purdue in the carrier dome where they marched they got the ball back with 25 seconds left and he marches them down, just boom, boom, boom. Corner out over the over the shoulder in the bread basket, touchdown, win the game. Uh, so I mean, like they've shown up, and Sean Tucker's, I think, the career, maybe the career rushing yard leader at Syracuse now. Yeah, uh, and so you've got that, and also you and I have watched the sport long enough to know this game always gets weird.
0: It gets Syrac- really weird.
1: Syracuse Clemson always gets weird. It was the Trevor Lawrence concussion. The Trevor. Beat. L- Yep. yep. And then, in the, and it was the year that was the year after Clemson had gone to the Carrier Dome on like a Thursday night and gotten yep. beat. This game always gets weird. So I'm not saying Clemson's going to get beat. I'm not saying Syracuse is going to win. But this game is always sneaky close. And it Syracuse does always, get weird. It always gets weird. And for everything that Dino Babers doesn't do well, he always has his team up for big games. They always seems play to big be relatively well. So he's going to have them ready. They've got like, there is a, there's a path to victory for them. Like it, it exists. Like there is definitely a path to victory. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It's for me, it's a game that goes on TV too. Like you put it there just so you can see it, but it has the potential where it's like one where everybody's kind of crowded around almost like what's going on kind of later on. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, what's any, uh, what's some other ones you got?
1: Uh, in the 11 o'clock slate, really nothing. I mean, if we're being honest, there's, I mean, Kansas Bay, yeah. I think Waco, that's the only other game. And for me personally, I'm going to watch since SMU probably because go Mustangs, um, sure. just some personal affiliation there. Uh, but then two thirties where we get serious, that's where we get down, Get get down to the nitty gritty.
0: And by two thirty, everybody Walker lives in central time. We're, we're, we're talking about yeah. slides, three thirties, last two thirties. Everybody doesn't think we don't know.
1: Yeah, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, Texas, Oklahoma State. We talked about that. UCLA, Oregon, and Eugene. Uh, College game day is going to be there for the first time. That's huge. Yeah, they're going to be there for the first time since 2018. It's going to be 54 degrees and raining. It's going to be the type of game where you really find out what you've got from a team standpoint, from Chip's bunch at UCLA, uh, from Oregon's bunch. I think it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be a lot of fun like I I just I think it's a game and I haven't
0: got a chance to I haven't got a chance to watch UCLA yet like really watch them so I'm really look I'm really looking forward to this game yeah I I like when I can can focus on one of these because um really veteran quarterback
1: in DTR who um you know yeah has that system down um he's 29 years old now. I'm sure been there forever, <laughs> but uh, you know. And then Charbonnet is still there, the Michigan transfer. He's still running yeah. the football, still toting the load. Um, and then they've got some dude, like they've got some dudes on the perimeter. So um, it's going to be a really fun game, a really interesting game. Oregon's been just taking care of business every single week. Since yeah. uh, since that Georgia defeat, it feels like it was a long time ago now. Probably it was five weeks ago, and it feels like it was eight weeks ago. Um, UCLA is coming off the bye week, off the back to back big wins, where Washington was technically a top fifteen coming in. Which shame on us. Um, yeah,
0: my bad. My yeah, bad.
1: shame on us, shame on us for that one. Like I felt even, hook, you
0: know, line, and sinker.
1: I know, and so and then but then the Utah win, like the Utah win, is actually now more legitimized or yeah. legitimized than. Uh, than it was in the moment. And I think in the moment, we all kind of knew.
0: It's See,
1: I have to quit rambling. We have to go to CBS. We've got to go to CBS. Ole Miss is all going right. to Cambridge. We've got to go there. It's in the time window. Um, you know, Ole Miss is 7-0. You could argue that they have not played anyone to this point that probably should have tested them. Kentucky was a decent team, but that's still a game you should win. Um, you can argue that they're untested. And this is going to be their biggest test. Um, they're one of the most polarizing teams in the country right now, I think, from a legitimacy standpoint as to what yeah. people really think about them. I think some people think they haven't played anybody and they may lose four of their last five. Uh, I think some guys that are heavy into the analytics stuff think that Ole Miss looks like the best team in the country for 20 minutes at a time and then forgets how to play football for the next 20 <laughs> So That's fair. They they lack con- Consistency, the flashes and the upside looks like a team that can't be stopped and like a team that nobody wants to play. The you know, the valleys look like a team that probably goes four and eight. So what is the what like where are they really? You know, how do they stack up to this upper echelon of the SEC? We're fixing to find out. Uh is probably not the upper upper echelon, but you know, Death Valley's worth at least a touchdown in games like this. Uh, it's going to be raucous because at this point, Ole Miss is a brand and Ole Miss is a program and Lane Kiffin as a head coach is a that's a program now that when they come to your town, you sell the stadium out and you get there and you try to beat them. And yep. like, as fans, you go try to beat them like we know the team is going to try to beat them. Right. But as fans, you're going and it's like we are going to make this environment as raucous and loud as possible because Ole Miss is here this week. Yep. And it's one of the biggest games of our season. That's
0: yeah. That's a test you're going to get play. a good you're going to get a good effort from them. True, and LSU is yeah. kind of the same way. It's like there's times where I'm like, okay, this this is turning around, and then I, I shake my head and I'm like, no, this is this, something's missing here. Um, I kind of fell off, you know, from watching them the last few weeks. I know they've gotten better, but well, and I, what I'll I, say
1: about what I'll say about this is the difference between Ole Miss and LSU is that when games get tight and they find those valleys. Ole Miss has found ways to win,
0: and yeah, that's absolutely
1: most important. And that's one of the most important traits while you're seeking cons- consistency and searching for what you are, because a lot of yeah. people will consider what Lane's doing an experiment in real time. He took 28 transfers last year. Oh yeah, and like this is an experiment in real time as to how you can build a team on the on the fly and and what it's going to look like, and so. You know, we're about to we're about to find out because they've been searching for consistency and he'll and he's said it. I mean he said, listen, like there's times where we look like we can, you know, achieve anything that we want to achieve and that there's nothing off the table. And there's there's times where I just don't even recognize my team. So better you got five days to figure it out, because this, uh,
0: is, the, you know, and this is the like I said, they're they're playing a they're you know, they're playing a, a huge brand, a good team, um, and a raucous place. They get all kinds of credit, you know, for for you know the victory if they can pull it off, which and vice versa, LSU will get. A, so this it's a really good. This is a better game than worrying about the number beside the name. That that's what I'll say. I, you know, I get frustrated with those a lot. Like this is a better game than Clemson, Syracuse. That's what I'm getting at.
1: Well, and like LSU is one of the 25 best teams in the country. I don't care what your silly little AP poll says. Like 100, 25 best teams in the country. We know that. Everybody knows that. But they have lost games, so we can't put them there. We know that. Um, so you know it's a massive 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 test but if you're a if you are going to take the next step as a program which for Ole Miss that's taking the step from 10 and 2 uh to 11 and 1 12 and 0 this is a game that you win which
0: is crazy to to think that that that's the step but that's where they're at which is awesome but it's so like it's so weird to be like oh my gosh like 10-2 Ten and two um, was good enough, but now it's not. Like that's that's just part of being like a good team. Like it's college football is fascinating that yep. way. So, um, another one I'll, I'll watch. i watch in the nightcap. Um, I got I got to see how Alabama responds. You always got to watch the game after uh, a tough loss, like how they respond. Mississippi State really. T- I really kind of took a step back last week. I was kind of high on them and some of the fun stuff they were doing, and uh, it felt like they they, they didn't really. Deliver what I wanted, but I still got to know how how Alabama steps up, especially with a defense that just gave up almost 600 yards. Like it's worth noting.
1: Well, and at some point, if if you're Mississippi State and you want to take the next step from six and six, seven five to hey, we're going to be a factor in this division, you have to play well away from home. Um, yeah. They pooped their pants when they went to Baton Rouge. Uh, yep. as a favorite. They pooped their pants when they went to Kentucky as a favorite. And now you have to go to Tuscaloosa at night to play an Alabama team that is going to be probably all systems yeah. go on Saturday, I guess. So, yeah. um, you know, but we talked about this earlier. I think Alabama's more gettable than been in the been in years past. That secondary is not great. And the last offense you want to see when your secondary is exactly. not great, you do not want to see a, an air raid coming to your town with a quarterback who has – just mastered that
0: offense yeah he's lighting it up Um, and if they stumble in this even if they win and stumble people are going to notice because they've got the benefit of the doubt about this offense or this defense all season and all of a sudden we're gonna be like wait a minute if they give up another i don't know 45 points or 40 points or whatever people are really gonna start scrutinizing them and asking questions and that's just how it goes i mean again they're they're in all right shape but they still need they still need a kind of get it back a statement you know to to regroup and then um another another uh good one you talked about it uh kansas state tcu um uh, late in the evening uh walkers right. horn frogs uh versus uh martinez right. at uh kansas state got you got to know like uh, the what a
1: great game. so much purple
0: so much purple, oh my goodness game. I hope TCU brings out. They got some great alternate uniforms. I hope they bring out something nasty. Um, This is just an interesting game to me. I think TCU wins, but how they win, how they look, how they you know rebound after uh, you know two overtimes, and can Kansas State, like you said, keep the you know kind of keep it going and the momentum and everything. This is one of those just like when it's over, you know. But this is also one of those if TCU slips up, then we're like, okay, now what do we do with the Big 12? The Big 12 is a mess now. They're cannibalizing themselves again. Nobody's going to make the playoffs. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, Big game for the Big Twelve. They they want to root for TCU to keep this thing going.
1: No, I think I think they're telling the officials with 50-50 calls. Hey, like if TCU's got a call, like throw if you need to throw a flag, throw one on Kansas State. Like we need TCU to win the game. Like
0: yes, exactly. I mean, I think it's that
1: even those types of narratives. Then that's the type of thing. This this is. would it's be like, the
0: yeah, game for it. One hundred percent. And we need TCU to go in Texas to play as good as they can, and need, so we on. We need so game so
1: day forth. in Austin because Texas is still undefeated with with Ewers healthy, and TCU is yep. undefeated, undefeated. Like we need that's what we need for this conference. We need those headlines. So Kansas State, if you mess it up, not like Kansas State, if you mess it up, no pressure, but you're out of the conference. Something like that, <laughs>
0: yeah, right? exactly, something
1: like that. So,
0: you're gonna replace you're gonna replace somebody in the Pac-12. You're done.
1: Yeah, and this is the big test for TCU: is how do you respond now? After winning the biggest game on your schedule to this point. How do you and I think to an extent we've answered that, but Oklahoma's not very good. SMU's not very good. Like those are the realities. They were big games when they played them. Now it looks like they're not. You give them credit for getting up in the spot, but now it's over. Kansas was a big spot. Jalen Daniels got hurt. Maybe TCU doesn't win that game if he doesn't. We don't know. You won the game. You get credit for it. You beat Oklahoma State healthy. That's really your first massive win where start to finish you played they you played a team who played their best game with everybody healthy and one, how do you how do you follow it up because championship programs and teams who are contenders for the college football playoff in spots like this, they see another good team coming into your stadium and they say, you know, last week's over. We're going to go out and we're going to punish this team just like we punished the last one. And we're going to get another big win and stack on this resume. And then we're going to eventually get to Austin and we're going to figure it out. So, yeah, especially when
0: like some of the teams that they're looking against, like, you know, like they're looking at like, you know, if those like a high state's not, you know, they're playing Iowa, so they can't really do anything. Whereas TCU can be like, yeah, we beat another. Like they're going to have building that resume is really important right now. Really, really important, especially when you're not one of the blue bloods.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. And so, you know, Sonny Dyke, I think, and I think too, like right now, I think that you three national coach of the year front runners. Actually, I'll go four. It's Heupel, Lance at Kansas, uh, Sonny Dykes, and I forgot the fourth one. Oh, Dino Babers. Dino Babers. I think sure. right now.
0: I, yeah. I, I can't argue with any of that. Yeah.
1: No, because yeah. of just because of the programs that they that they are currently at and their records. Yeah, like- they,
0: they've actually done the coaching job. Yeah, I think it's easy to go with hypo right now, but I I think I would probably lean towards uh, uh, Lightpool to Kansas it, just right now. But th- there's yeah. no there's no wrong answer there. Uh, it's been a really yeah.
1: See, really like good just because I'm by, just because at this point I'm by. I, I like I'm giving like I'd give it to Dykes. I mean you walk in and you try to convince your best offensive player to stay and he still says deuces and hops in the portal and goes to Ole Miss, and then you just turn around and go undefeated anyways. So Yeah,
0: fair point. Fair point.
1: Yeah. So that's I think that's it for the slate next week. Think we got All it. right,
0: man. It, it's really not too bad now that we've talked it out. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, I've got to work this weekend, so it kind of helps. that it's a slightly down. Um, I don't have to miss any ginormous games, but something exciting is going to happen that we don't even know of yet. It's going to be awesome. So, oh uh,
1: uh, well. Someone, someone in that top twelve-ish range is going to be on the ropes in the fourth, and we'll find the TV then.
0: Oh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Twitter will be a buzz and we'll, yeah. we'll be talking back and forth. Everybody will be watching it. It's, oh yeah, it's going to, somebody's going somebody unexpected is losing this weekend. Like that, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah. I hope it's not my Buckeyes, but um, we've think I think, I think they're going to
1: be all right. <laughs> I think they're going to be all right.
0: They need to be though. They say they, like, they, they've got to like, after everybody got to see the show last Saturday, the Buckeyes have to come out and look great yeah. to be remind everybody like, Hey, we took, Thirteen days off, but we're still good. Um, I would be
1: absolutely, I would be absolutely floored if Iowa scored more than one touchdown.
0: Well, I, I, I hope you're right, man. I like your uh, thought process. So, uh, so that's it, everybody. That's for this week. Uh, winners and losers. It was a great weekend in college football. I appreciate um, Walker and Mo uh, coming on. Um, go to Off the Ball Network. Check out their stuff. Uh, find Walker Bailey on uh, Twitter. Um, you got your Substack. You got that going. Um, you know, do all that. He, he's done a great job, and then him and Mo are doing a great job with Field Stormers, which is the Football the Network, uh, college football podcast that they do um, every week. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a chance to be on it. It's awesome. So uh, you'll get even more, even more of this. They'll, they'll look, you know, more into the next games. They'll look at. I'm sure that you guys will dig into, you know, uh, a, a little more of everything that we just touched on. But um, it was there was a lot of stuff to touch on this week. So Walker, thanks again for being on, man. It was a pleasure.
1: Absolutely, anytime.
0: All right, we'll see, everybody. That was Jeff Needs Sports, and uh, we're out of here.